All right, welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This is your host, Bad Luck Chuck. And this week we are back. Um, sorry that we wasn't, didn't get on last week, but everybody was on vacation. You know, we had to refresh our brains and get back to it. But we're back We're, we're back on it this week. So um, to the bottom left-hand corner, uh, my guy, Country. And we got a son at the bottom. <laughs> and uh, the bottom right-hand corner, my guy, Boogie. And then uh, we got a special guest this week on the top right-hand corner. Uh, he's from RGR Football. Uh, he's a well. He's well-known Chiefs fan. Uh, he covers the Chiefs every year. Uh, he knows his stuff pretty well. So I'd like to welcome Daniel Harms to this week's show. Daniel, how you doing this evening? I appreciate that. I like to think I know what I'm talking about, even though I feel like that's not even close to responsible to say at this point in time. I feel like we all kind of don't know anything anymore, especially when it comes to the draft stuff. And my mind is just fried right now. <laughs> we just got to get through the draft. So. Let's just get through it, please. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though, man. Like, it's always a dice roll to draft every year, every year anyway. So we're not going to be right, you know, every year. No, exactly. Or we're lucky to be right on some of these picks anyway. So the best thing we can do is just evaluate and go from there, bro. But before I get into the draft stuff, man, we need to talk about DeMarcus Robinson right out the gate. Uh, DeMarcus Robinson, he came out in an interview said, He's ready to contribute as a wide receiver number two. He believes he can got the thousand yard season this year and 10 touchdowns. Um, and I did a poll on this yesterday, and the majority the majority say he was reaching. Uh, 67% believe that he was reaching on that, and the other 33% was uh, was um, saying they could be realistic. So, uh, what's your guys' opinion on that? Is he reaching a bit, or do you guys believe in his ability to do that this upcoming season? Um, not in this offense. I don't think he could do that. Like, I don't think it's enough. The majority of the snaps or the majority of the targets are going to go to Travis and Tyreek off top. And then if they finally start getting Clyde Edwards Lair involved in the in the passing game, it's kind of hard to to get a thousand yards out of that. I don't think I don't think he's going to be able to do it. Can y'all hear him? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's all good, bro. It's all good. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, a thousand is a lot. He could get close to a thousand, but I don't know if he can hit a thousand. It's gonna be tough. But he has been in the system with Andy Reid. I mean, he know it better than anybody else. We see he has good games, good spurts. But he's not consistent. I don't know about a thousand though. <laughs> What's up, Jordan? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. He does have that house jumping. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you though, if he gets to a thousand yards, we are on the midst of an uh, all-time offensive explosion, in my opinion. <laughs> if he getting a thousand yards and ten touchdowns, that means Pat threw for over five thousand yards at least, right? I would think so. I, I would sure hope so. You're going to have three guys with over 1,000 yards receiving at that point. They're not going to run the football at all. The thing about DeMarcus is, you know, what he does best is go – it's really essentially go get the football. He doesn't jump as high as everyone else does, but he's got the hands to catch through the catch point with contact. But this offense isn't built to do that. They don't just throw the ball up down the field in terms of with, with DeMarcus. They just throw it down the field with Tyreek, just go get the football. So – 
it's an interesting thing for me. I, I don't, I love the mindset, but I don't see him but for someone who's never gotten over 500 yards to begin with like a thousand. Good. I hope you set your mind that high. Like that's good. But, but I'm more apt to believe he's going to get 10 touchdowns than get close to a thousand yards. I definitely love the swagger and the confidence. Yeah. Like that's how you want your receiver to talk. I wish I hope McCall Hartman come out tomorrow and say the same thing. Like, I want you to have that confidence and that swagger. I don't think he's gonna get there. If if he can get to seven hundred, that would be that would be a hell of a season for Demarcus. Seven fifty, yeah, or five, six, seven, eight touchdowns. That's a hell of a season for Demarcus, in my opinion. And and I think then he'll finally start getting the money he think he deserve or or that he should have been getting if he gets to that in this offense. Because it goes back to why we didn't get Josh Reynolds, that he wouldn't get the number of targets, he wouldn't get the yards, he wouldn't get the shine that he needed to go get the money that he wanted. So if DeMarcus can pull off 750 in, in eight, that's a hell of a season. I agree with that because, like, um, that sounds a little more realistic to me. Like, if he gets 750, that's a, that's a hell of a year for him. And, like, I remember – Lewis Riddick, he tweeted about him a while back, and, like, he believed in his ability. Like, he believed in his upside a long time ago. Um, we just have yet to see it because, like, his role is pretty limited in this offense. He hasn't had the opportunity. And um, and it sounded like in the offseason that Brett Beach was pretty convinced that he was either going to roll with DeMarcus Robinson or McCall Harman as wide receiver number two. Like, I still I still don't believe the Chiefs going to draft another receiver or even get one in free agency. So uh, we'll, just, we'll just see how DeMarcus responds, man, if he does get the job. That's all you can hope for, man. You, you see that he said that Beach then said that he was going to have a bigger role. I wonder how – what's up with that? They said that with uh, – was that Rimmers too? Well, yeah. I mean, they, they I wonder, said they respond, so. Are they, yeah, I wonder, are they just saying that or is that because they needed them as free agents or what? Yeah, well, I, mean, I think Rammer's going to be your starting right tackle to start the season, so that kind of plays into that. And then you want your receivers to think that they're going to be more involved in the offense. You know, they're going to have to essentially force feed McCole Hardman in some way, shape, or form to get him the ball, because otherwise you're you have another wasted second round draft pick on your hands, in which you really can't afford at this point. And unless he turns into something outside of a just a one dimensional slot receiver. With some gimmick, some gimmick ability, which is essentially what he is right now. Again, that's exactly what you're looking at, and Brett Beach does not want to stare that in the face. So they're going to have to come up with something this offseason to get him more involved in the offense and get him and uh, Mahomes on the same page. Okay, so let me ask you about McCall Harmon, Dan. Um, okay, so in your opinion, what do you think McCall needs to work on, and how he can, and how can, how can he improve in his offense? So a lot of the things that, that go wrong with McColl is he doesn't run through his routes properly. Like he, he stops at a certain point where he thinks he's going to get the ball, but Mahomes wants him to go a little bit further through his route, and that's why you see the ball go over his head a little bit ways and, and a little upwards because he's not finishing through a lot of his routes. And I know that he says he can run all the routes in the book, but the simple fact is he rounds off some of his routes. He doesn't get to the, the drop spot from some of his – some of his curls and some of his out routes and things like that, where he needs to be pinpoint accuracy because this offense is built on timing and where you're supposed to be on the field. So he's taking some 
points off of his routes. He's not getting exactly where he's supposed to be on the field. That's where you see balls come in front of him. That's where you see balls go behind him and over his head. So Mahomes expects him to be in one place, and that's where you see the ball go. So as much as we see you know, Mahomes hit, the, hit his target 90% of the time is where he wants the ball to be and where you want he wants you to be, that's the disconnect between him and Mahomes. He's got to work pretty much exclusively with Mahomes in a one-on-one situation this entire offseason to get that feel down because something's going on with him thinking he's in the right spot, but he's not. He needs to pull a Garrett Dieter and just shadow <laughs> Mahomes all offseason. <laughs> like he has the talent, the potential's there, but it's just like you said, they're never on the same page. Yeah. Um, we made a point a couple months ago that they never really had a true offseason with each other yeah. either. It was a rookie year, you know, rookie year, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're not really. You know, you're just trying to learn a playbook. Last year was COVID. So this year they – well, this year Mahomes told – but Mahomes, he's out of the boot uh, from reports today, right? Yeah, he's been so, at the Masters. Okay. So, I mean, finally they get an offseason together. Maybe they can't get on the right page. It's close. It's just not there yet. Yeah, and like uh, – and, yeah, like, Dan, I'm – I, you pretty much said the same things I've been saying about McCole because, like, um, I've been because we all watch the games closely, right? And we've seen that uh, when Patrick Mahomes and uh, McCole are on the same page at times, you seen we seen Patrick be like, "Dude, keep running, yeah. keep running to the spot." You know, we see that all the time with them. So, yeah, country, like you said, man, he just he just needs an off season with Patrick, man, and hopefully the chemistry is better because right now uh, that draft pick is not looking good, man. Because um, if you're going to draft that guy in the second round, you know, you definitely don't need more out of him than just uh, score on, like, some gadget plays or whatnot. I'm, I'm sorry, Dan. Uh, McCall is the only guy he yells at, too. Like, he's the only one that wrong. <laughs> going crazy on. Like, he's the only one. He's the Mario Chalmers of his offense. <laughs> he's the J.R. Smith. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I like to say put on like twenty pounds because this he's so wiry, man. He can't play through contact all that well anymore either. So it's just it's it's a difficult uh difficult spot to be in for him. I would like to see him be more on the outside, but I personally see him as a slot receiver, which it's not bad, but you want a little bit more. Yeah, for a second round pick, yeah, you definitely want more out of him than just being a slot. So, Boogie, you got anything else on this topic? No, nah, no, no, no. What what y'all think about Juju, though? What, him like, not get, let's get this him out of the way. I know what country thinks about that. <laughs> let's, get out, let's get this out the way. I almost signed with the Chiefs. Get that, the, get that out of here, bro. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Trent Williams did it for a week and a half. Now Juju's on the media campaign. Uh, yeah, it was the Chiefs. Uh, Andy Reid was texting me Lombardi trophies. Man, shut up. You didn't sign, so who cares? Like, I don't – bro, that's, like, really frustrating. Like, y'all don't get frustrated hearing that? Like, yeah. Nope. I love it. to the wire, and, and I was almost – I was on the plane, and, man, shut up. <laughs> like, <what are> <laughs> I love it. 
listen, I'm not I do sure. love it, Charlie. I think Juju gonna be here next year. Hey, we shall see, bro. Like, look, I'm not really that frustrated, man. Like, it's disappointing, but at the same time, man, as I've gotten older, you know, I understand the business of the NFL. And now, like, some of these guys, they come over to it. Or, like, some of these guys, they they more concerned about the bag, really, than uh, per se uh, contending for a Super Bowl championship, you know? So, that's not really a not really a big deal to me, man. Yeah, it's frustrating, but I'm not super-duper mad about it, so... Just gotta adjust. I'm just sick of it. <laughs> Trent Williams did it for a week and a half, bro. Like for real. Like they made a video and I yeah, I was on the way and then Kyle called me. Like, shut up. I don't wanna hear that, bro. I'm sorry. What was the <laughs> All right, so yeah, you, bro. we can switch we can switch to the Chiefs. Um I think Brad Beach proposed the the single digit number rule um i think the nfl is looking at that right now i don't know if it's gonna go through or not i've seen a few tweets about it saying like for example reggie bush you know what reggie bush in award number five instead of 25 he would have been great i'm like man let, let's not get ridiculous here i mean <laughs> what happened with reggie bush happened you know the great college player nfl he was just okay you know it is what it is so um so to me I, I'd rather stick with the tradition, man. Like, I don't want to get too crazy with the single-digit number stuff, in my opinion. It, let the kickers have that and, like, let the wide receivers have, like, the the 10 through 19, you know, whatever you want to call it. So, that's how I feel about it. Anybody else now the floor in regards to it? I don't really feel no way about it. Like, it, it's kind of cool, though, you know, that because they do it in college all the time. You know, we should start putting stickers on helmets too. Can we start doing that too? <laughs> that like cool. Wear what they want to wear. I don't yeah, care. <laughs> you know, it's bad enough. They already got helmets on. So you can't recognize them for real. Like, you know, let them market themselves, man. It's it's all about money, bro. It's all about branding. It's all about marketing yourself, trying to get the most money you can because your career may be over in three years. Or five years, or one game, to be honest with you. So, let them get their money the way they can. They ain't getting no money in college. <laughs> yeah, I like it, man. That's my yeah, let, them, let them be creative. Let them do what they do. <laughs> I want to see the receiver with 69. Just. <laughs> Man, Gronk would have wore 69 too. That would have been the best thing ever. Oh, God. <laughs> you know he's the first one. You know he's going to do it. Let's be real. He's, as soon as he gets that approved, he's like, I'm switching right now. Right now. <laughs> so, Dan, you, so Dan you, you seem like you're leaning towards the idea of um, sure, why not? Yeah. I don't, I won't, if you want to wear whatever, I don't, I don't care about numbers. Like, I don't, I don't care about, recognize you where you are on the field based on your number. I, I don't care about that stuff. Let them wear whatever they want. That this this it's a game. They're getting paid to play anyway. Stop telling them what to wear. Like you're paying them. Let them wear whatever 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 they want. Yeah, I mean, I more so feel that way about the cleats and stuff. Like you can only wear like the custom that, cleats. That too? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> But, right, the size of your socks. You can't wear certain socks, and I can't wear black socks. Man, that's crazy, man. Just let them, as long as they got the jersey on <laughs> with the team name in the front. Right. 
As long as they don't alter their base uniform, who cares about this stuff? <laughs> Bush uh, in his league, always there, a thousand percent right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I remember um, somebody asked Tyron Matthew about um, if they do, if this single-digit rule is approved uh, to where they can wear a single-digit number. Somebody asked him if he would go back to seven. He was like, nah. Like, he just want to keep number seven in college or – in high school, you know, and leave it at that. But I mean, it'll be interesting, man. But I, I don't know, man. Like, it's whatever. You know what I mean? We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch it regardless, right? So, what do you think about his other tweet, though? That uh, he had the the Charles Woodson twenty one tweet. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know if it was more of a a salute to Charles Woodson, or I want to change my number to twenty one which is like the classic cornerback number, you know what I'm saying? But that was like uh, raising eyebrows because then it was like, well, what are they going to do with Breland? And it's, that raised up a whole thing. So I, at this point, bro, like what's the thing? You got to buy all the unused jersey, unsold jerseys. Like is it worth it to change your number? Yeah. Unless you're a bum or something or you <laughs> knew, you can change the number. <laughs> But but it's like when they first brought it up, I was like, Pat, you think Pat would ever go to five? And then I was thinking, like, he's established so much at 15. Like, he got foundations. He got everything that says 15 in it. Like, it would be crazy for him to change his jersey right now. Yep. Yeah, branding right there. Look at that detailed analysis from <laughs> <laughs> You got nothing else to say. I mean, that's PM15. You can't do anything else with that. <laughs> yeah. And Pat, Pat really runs Pat really runs Kansas City. Like it, it's becoming more and more evident every day. It started with the I mean, he first he getting drafted. Of course we love him. But he's passed like, is he past George Bradman in terms of Hometown Kansas City guys, like the guys that you go to, he's not like the Mount Rushmore Kansas City guys right now. He is the Mount Rushmore. Because <laughs> it's what? Pat? You said George Brett. No disrespect. No, I don't, I don't think he's the biggest Pat. One of the most recognized guys in Kansas City sports history. Sports. Yeah, history. Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking know. about. Pat got the kids, I think, a little more. I'm saying, if you in the restaurant and George Brett come through, he about to get the whole red carpet, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like if Pat come through, they might shut the whole restaurant down. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, this whole back section is for Pat, Brittany, and Jackson. Everybody else got to go. Like, he at that level right now. Already. Well, yeah, like – um with George Brett. I mean, he's been on this earth way longer than Patrick, but at the same time, man, I kind of like forgetting George Brett. He was a great baseball player, but man, forget him, man. I'll probably say Patrick Mahomes too, honestly. <laughs> I'll throw up a poll about it later. And, and... <laughs> yeah, make sure you do it right. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't be me if I didn't mess up a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of me messing up, Okay, look. Arrowhead Pride is hiring writers. So 
I've always, it's been a dream of mine or a goal of mine to work at Arrowhead Pride. I've been supportive. I've been a fan. I was cool with Joel. I'm cool with Pete. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of my guys over there. So I attempted to write. I, I just, it's frustrating. It's just hard to write. Like, it's hard to sit down and write it down. Like, I can talk about it all day till I'm blue in the face. And I ain't got to correct myself. I ain't got to put a comma or apostrophe here. Like, I hate I hate it, bro. I want to do it, but I, I, I suck, bro. I just, <laughs> I but just, country, I like I told you, like I told you in the chat before we started doing the show, then I said, bro, all you need is just a few more reps, man. Like, just work on your grammar or maybe get like an editor or something to check your work before it gets published or something. You know what I mean? Do you write, Dan? Do you write, too? I used to. I used to do it over at Arrowhead, guys. But since I left, I don't write anymore for a, n- a number of reasons. It's very time-consuming, and I don't have any more time to do that right now. <laughs> yeah, with kids and everything. Yeah, being a stay-at-home dad is not exactly conducive to have being a, a writer. <laughs> Man. And I like freestyling too. Like I was vacuuming my floor, like cleaning up, and I was like, "All right, when opportunity knocks." And I wrote that whole thing like right then and there, and then I typed it up later and and bought a month of Grammarly Premium. And oh god! I, and then people still say, "Yo, the grammar sucks." <laughs> like God, I don't know what to do. I don't know. What to do. <laughs> Not easy, man. I tell you what, it's not easy. It's not easy at all, bro. Like, I knocked out two of them real quick, though. But it's just—I don't know. Anyway, how far are we away from the draft? Twenty, 20 days. Twenty. Um. Yeah, today's the ninth. So, yep, twenty days. Wow, I thought right. it was like thirty. Oh, okay. So cool. close. <laughs> so close. Yep, but. Wait, Okay, look, should they move the draft up? Because it's between free agency, training camp, and uh, combine. That It's like too much of a gap, man. You just sit. How many mock drafts you made since? There's a reason they do this. This is all buildup. So we can all talk that crap that people have been talking for the last three, like three months of nonsense about Justin Fields. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Justin Fields, Mac Jones. <laughs> Can they move the combine later so we don't have as they much as much space between? Because like, I mean, it, it's genius actually. Because we've been talking about it. Baseball season started two weeks ago. Nobody really cares. The Royals <laughs> they're kind of competitive, um, but nobody really cares. And it's all about the draft. And we pick way at thirty-one. It sucks. Like when you get the articles and only has the first ten picks, and we're not even on there, you got to pay to see thirty. It's like, oh my god! Just let's get to the. <laughs> they got to give us time to watch everybody. Like we have to watch. I'm not even like done yet. It's <laughs> there's so many people to watch, man. Yeah, How many funny. guys do you watch? Well, I'd like ideally, I like to get the top one hundred done like the top 100 prospects for for the first two days and then just kind of get some sleepers in. But it's like, it's hard. <laughs> Man. Build your lists. Go through the lists. Cross-check other lists. Rebuild lists. Add name to the lists. 
go back through, man. It's it's a pain. Yeah, I bet it is. So, like, with that being said, um, as far as what you have done so far evaluating this draft class, um, what are some of the targets you're looking at for the Chiefs specifically? So, with them at 31, I've really developed the sense that it's going to be either tackle or it's going to be wide receiver. Now, with Caleb Farley moving down because of his medicals, that adds a little wrench into the barrel because I think he could also be a, a guy that they pick at 31 if he's there just because he's a, one of the top corners in this draft. And if you get someone like that falling and you're confident enough in his medicals, then you're going to take him regardless. So I do like that option. But it, it's looking more for me like it's going to be wide receiver in the first round. That's the feeling I get. Everything I've done in terms of watching the tackles – they're not long enough. The Chiefs don't want someone with less than 34-inch arms unless for some reason they, they change the, their style of what they're looking for. The, the athletes at tackle are really different than they, really, they have been in most of the drafts. It's a very heavy athletic tackle class. Some of the best numbers that they've seen in terms of uh, the, the, the class itself with the athletic numbers. So if they feel that they can recover enough and, and don't have to worry so much about the length, maybe that they take some of – a chance at someone like Liam Eichenberg, who I personally really like. But again, we're, we're trying to project something that the Chiefs t historically, and Andy Reid historically, doesn't do. So I've kind of shifted my thinking of either they're going to stay at 31 or if they trade up to get a tackle like Darius off, he falls. Because, excuse me, he's left tackle. He's got the long arms. He's got the size, strength, athleticism to be like the best left tackle in the NFL. He does. He just doesn't have the work ethic that I've seen. So that's an issue that could drop him down boards. And so the guy that I've targeted myself is Terrence Marshall out of LSU at 31. That's the sweet spot. And I've, I've literally been talking about it for two months. And then Peter Schrager comes out yesterday with his mock draft, has him at 31. And I'm just like, finally, people, they understand that this is what I've been pounding the table for because he could not only – like unlock this offense, this offense could unlock the uh, the other stuff in his game that isn't quite there yet. So he's my personal favorite fit for the Chiefs at 31. That's just how I see it. Yeah, okay. So um, with that being said, um, yeah, I do see Terrence Marshall starting to get a little popular. Uh, I know the Chiefs came throughout the offseason has been talking about Rashad Bateman from Minnesota too as another option at wide receiver. Now, I want to go back to the offensive line because uh, I know – a lot of people have said this is a pretty deep offensive line draft class. So what you're telling me is, is that there's not that many uh, tackles who have the long arms that the Chiefs are looking for in this draft class. Is it just a bunch of short arm guys? It really is. It's the tackle class of like the, the T-Rex arms, as you know, Ken Swanson has named it. He's just talking. It's ridiculous. Even you know, Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, they don't have the, the long arms. They've got like 33 inch arms, but. That doesn't bother me so much. When I watch them play, like their footwork and their recovery athleticism is more than enough to play in the NFL. And I, I think that they're still going to be top 10 tackles at some point. And so when I when I watch, I try not to just get lost in the arms because if you can if you can time everything with your hands well, you can fight off hand gestures, you can help get off of, you know, the long arms that some of your defensive ends are going to give into your chest. You can kind of swat them away and be good enough with your footwork to, to negate all that stuff. So it doesn't bother me, but historically speaking, the Chiefs don't want that. So um, some names that I, I've got down. 
Spencer Brown out of University of Northern Iowa. He's 6'8", <laughs> a monster. Dude is one of the strongest players in this draft. He's also probably the most athletic for his size at 6'8". He's incredibly good with his footwork, but he's a right tackle too. So you have to consider that he's going to move to left tackle if the Chiefs draft him, or they're going to move. Uh, what's his face? Niang, there you go, to left tackle. <laughs> I, I do this like at least once a, a live stream. I'll just blank on someone's name. But yeah, Niang, it, there's a possibility. I don't know if I haven't seen anything about them moving him from right to left. Uh, but if you do take Brown, you know that you're going to move him from right to left. And that's where I assume they're going to bring some type of veteran left tackle in for a season. You've also got guys like Stone Forsythe, who's been climbing up boards, left tackle out of Florida. I really like his game. His pass protection skills are probably already NFL ready. I think he's got he's got the length. He's got the footwork. The only thing he needs working on is moving people in the run game, which is weird for a guy who's six eight and thirty four plus inch arms. But he's underweight. He's like three oh six. He doesn't have that mass to him yet. So you, you've got some some areas there you you can attack the tackle spot. But it's really on day two, not so much on day one, unless a guy like Darishaw falls and they go up and get him. Right, Forsythe being my guy. So. Yeah, I like Forsythe. Hey, is it is it Marshall? Is he related to a former chief or something like that? Yeah, Joe Delaney is his uncle or great uncle, I believe. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I seen that. I seen that on a tweet or something yesterday. So sounds sound like Destiny. So. so, how do you? Has center dropped down in needs? Has have have your needs changed? No, you still need a center. You still need a center for the future. It's just that now it's about what your priorities are, and I think that you know we we talked a lot about Landon Dickerson. I if he was fully healthy, I take him round one, and I wouldn't even question it. I would do it right in a heartbeat. But we don't have that. We have multiple years of injuries. This last one being you know that ACL that. Even though he's already out of his brace and doing cartwheels around on pro days and doing army crawls up on Mac Jones at his pro day interview, like he recovered very quickly. I would be comfortable taking him in the second round, like the top part of the second round, maybe the mid-ish area. And if he's there at 63, you pull the trigger. Like you, you don't even question it. Also with Creed Humphrey, if he's there at 63, I'd probably pull the trigger there too. It's all about how the board falls. There's there's some guys. Later in the draft, too, at center, David Moore out of Grambling is, is a guy who I also think could come in and be a starter. You've got Josh Myers out of Ohio State come in and probably be a starting center. There's there's a lot of centers that can come in and be a starter. But if you want Landon Dickerson, you're going to either have to pay a price for it in terms of the first-round pick or move back and get him there, which is something I've done a lot in mock drafts. I'll move back around to the 40s. I'll pick him there, pick up some extra picks later. But that's all just kind of – shooting fish in a barrel. You don't know what's going to happen in, in the actual process itself. So center is definitely still a need. And that's something they have to address because you have to bring talent, not only into to the tackle spot for the future, but you have to inject it into the center position because without a center that can actually call out the signals and do everything you need them to do, the tackles and the guards still have to kind of do some of that themselves. And you don't want that necessarily happening all the time. Yeah. Yeah. With us, son, and Reed, do you think we still grab a pass rusher early? Early, no. I, I've even before they signed Reed, I was probably not 
going to – I didn't think they were going to take it, especially an edge rusher on day one or two. It really just going to – again, I say this a lot. It depends on how the board falls. And sometimes if a guy like Jason Phillips – or, um, yeah, Jason Phillips of, you know, Miami falls down to 31, that's going to make him think. <laughs> I guarantee you it makes him think because he's the best pass rusher in this class by a long shot in my opinion. And just medicals and – him, the concussion history is scary. That's the reason that Mitch Morris is no longer on the team. And so that's something that they've clearly got in the, the back of their minds. But a pass rusher's fit for this team can be found on day three. There's a lot of guys with the length and the size that Spags really wants in a defensive end. Now, <clears throat> if they're asking Bren, you know, Brendan Daly to get more involved in the, the pass rush scheme and get more speed in there, you're still going to have some options. But that may lend itself to getting a guy, you know, like Gregory Rousseau on day two ish area, probably second pick. But again, I have never really felt the Chiefs needed a pass rusher on the first two days. That's kind of how I felt. And unless they changed their philosophy with defense specifically, they do a lot of their own talent evaluations, you know, Legereus need fourth round pick. Like they they have guys that they've targeted and that they have for a specific scheme fit later on, on day three. So guys like Ellison Smith, Janarius Robertson, Peyton Turner even could be an early, probably more later day two guy. But still, there's a lot of guys that will, will fit what Spags wants to do. And that's just how I've always felt this edge class, especially it's not very top heavy in talent. Okay, so I got a two part question in regards to uh, what you said about Jaron Reed. Um, first off, I want to get your opinion on the signing. Um, I know him and Frank Clark used to be teammates in Seattle and like um, – Frank, some of Frank Clark's best year when uh, those two was on the defensive line, and Jaron Reed also had his career year as well. Um, what do you think? Do you think he can help? Do you think that signing is enough to help kind of rejuvenate Frank Clark as far as him being more consistent, as far as a uh, production on the defensive line, or, or like, do you think, or do you think the Chiefs could still look at a, a edge rusher on day three, like you said? Yeah, I think this is I, – I like the signing a lot. I think that Reed's going to bring some legit pass rush juice inside the you know, the interior that they don't necessarily have to move Frank and, you know, Taco Charlton on the inside to, to rush them on third downs. It's going to allow them to really move Chris Jones on the outside and move him around whatever they want to. It's going to give them another chess piece. They can move Reed on the outside, bring Frank inside. So the idea – it works out for the def the defense, especially in the pass rush situation, and it brings a guy in that can also stop the run, which is something they they needed without Mike Pinnell. To getting to Frank Clark, it's never going to be about who is on the line outside of Chris Jones because those two are enough to get pressure. It's about his health. It, he looked like he was down at least twenty pounds last year because his his stomach bug, whatever is going on with his stomach, and that generally you know will take away from a lot of what he does as a pass rusher he's not really built on speed he's more speed to power and he uses his bull rush a lot he gets stuck when he can't move a guy and that's really when you see him try to do some type of spin move with the ice pick with his elbow and things like that and he gets stuck so if he can start to generate more power maybe he he looks a bit healthier this next season I don't think it would have mattered with Reed. He still would have been better, but it's going to be really up to him and his medical, whatever's going on to be at his top peak. But I do still believe, especially if they don't bring in Melvin Ingram, who's still mulling over options, you know, a month into free agency, whatever he's doing with this time. Day three is an option at edge rusher. They're still going to probably take a look. Yeah. The stumble issue is weird, man. Like, 
it's been like that since he's gotten here, man. Yeah. Like he keeps having these stomach bug issues. Like I don't know if it's some up with his diet or or what. It's just weird. I don't know. And and what is Ingram mulling over? It's, it ain't out there. It ain't happened yet. <laughs> he might as well come and come and get with us. It's, he he wants multiple years. It's not happening, bro. No. My yeah. kids are getting crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, so, like, what teams is he trying to decide on besides us? What other teams have been looking at him? What are the teams? I know he's got offers. I just don't know where they're from. Who offered him? I, I haven't yeah, even seen anybody him. offer him nothing. I haven't even seen him visit anybody else. Right. It's an interesting. The Ravens trying to get Justin Houston, though. That's crazy. I'd be okay with the Houston. Back to KC situation. Right. I don't know if that's going to happen, bro. It probably won't because of the organization, but I'd, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. I think his problem was more Dorsey yeah. than anybody else. So, medical staff? You know. Huh? For the medical staff or what? With his. He's going to go outside and do his own medical thing, and we see how that worked out. Um, so I don't know, maybe that, but I think it was more of a Dorsey, Eric Berry, like they were so tight and Dorsey kind of, it's a, it's a long story, but I, it may be an option, but I, I don't think so. But like, like I said, who, who was even visiting with Melvin Ingram? Like, nobody. So, um, so you said we covered tackles, we covered wide receivers who cover centers. What about tight ends? Besides you know, Tommy Trimble. Everybody going to say Tommy Trimble. I'm on the bandwagon too. But who else is out there? Uh, what about uh, Brevin Jordan? See, those are the three. Well, him and Kyle Pitts, of course. We're not getting Kyle Pitts. So those yeah. are the three names I hear all the time. Is there anybody else out there? So, you know, the thing about tight end is I think that they don't care. I don't think that they have any care in the world to bring in a guy who's not Travis Kelsey to compete for tight end too. That might change. Uh, I know that, you know, Kenny Yeboah out of Ole Miss is a guy that I personally like myself as a field-stretching type of tight end too. They can also bring some run blocking, run blocking to it. But they've just brought in Blake Bell, they, they, and they, they don't seem to care about the tight end two position. And we also know, at least from my perspective, Ryan has told me that Jody Fortson is training to be a tight end. So they have him on the roster too, who they could use in two tight end situations and really really play with people in the red zone, which I would love, but they're not going to do that because who wants to throw the ball to a guy who's 6'8"? It only makes sense, right? Yeah, I like Fortson too, man. Um, so... Man, we gotta we gotta wrap it up a little bit because uh, Daniel has a whole life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we are on. huh? Go ahead, real quick, real quick before we move on from the draft. Can we talk about these horrific draft hats, man? Why are these draft hats still terrible, man? I'm looking at this draft hat, man. Like the NFL knows they'll buy them. They don't care. Like this looks like a right. hat you buy from a gas station, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> It looks – I didn't think it was real at first. I was like, what is that? I feel bad for the prospects that have to wear them. Like, they have to. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. <laughs> that's right. 
So, man, we want to thank our guest, Dan, Dan Harms. He's a great guy. He uh, does a lot with uh, Ryan Tracy and uh, Ryan Gore Road. They got a YouTube channel that I'll check out often. Um, great guys. Uh, I got to get Ryan. You got to get me in contact with Ryan. Too. Yeah, we'll do. You can always DM him, too, I would think. Yes, sir. So, well, uh, man, we learned a lot. Like I said, I'm just ready for the draft at this point. Me, too. I'm ready to stop doing prospect reviews. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> We've been over through it. Tens of times, so man, uh, just keep doing your film thing, man. I love, the, I love the videos. I love the insight. I love everything you do, man. Just keep doing it, and we'll definitely have you back soon, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. A lot of fun to just talk football. Like it's mostly I get to watch football, write football, but when I get to actually talk it, it's when I actually feel most comfortable. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. That's why I can't write. Dan was team Sammy, too. Dan was team Sammy, too. Yeah. Playoff Sammy. I miss him. I miss him. (laughs) Always miss him. (laughs) In the season, too, but here we are. (laughs) It is what it is. Appreciate you, Dan. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate you. Definitely. So we do have to talk about Sammy, though. The playoff Sammy has come to an end. Yep. Um, So, uh, yeah, he's in Baltimore now, um, officially. Um, I I didn't see the interview exactly. I, I did see it, like, come up on the timeline, but I didn't see exactly what he said. In regards to us, um, did you did you watch the full interview, Country or Boogie? No, no, I seen little tweets on it, some stuff that was said. But... Hey, but isn't it funny though? Um, he talking more about Kansas City than he is Baltimore. I didn't see him really talk about Baltimore. He he was making plays. This was my best play in my career, and I did this in Kansas City. I did that in Kansas City, like. He didn't sound happy to move on. He just sounded like I'm going to Baltimore. So. Actually, I do remember a clip. Um, I remember him saying, I remember he was talking about uh, the Baltimore, the current Baltimore wide receiver court. And he was just talking about, uh, you know, hope I just come in here and, uh, you know, help these guys get open or whatever. And some people felt like they took a shot at the receiving court. I'm like, I didn't really hear it as like a shot towards new guys, but he just, he was, he was just more so. Uh, hoping to help the guys out a little more as a unit, like come together more as a unit to help Lamar out, man. Because Lamar been kind of was kind of hung out to dry last year in certain matchups. When it comes to quarterbacking, is Lamar good? Is he a good quarterback? He's a dynamic athlete, but when it comes to like strictly passing, he's okay. He's like he above average, but he's not great. He's Send not a great, help. huh? Send me a help. He, I think he'll be good with Baltimore. He's a good run blocker too. Yeah, Sammy do the dirty, the dirty stuff, bro. That that's what he did here. That helped out a whole lot. He do the dirty, the blocking, the, you know that type of stuff. But I don't he know. Stay healthy. He, he, he should be good at receiver with Lamar. He ain't gonna stay healthy. But if he, he can get so. sixteen, if he stay healthy, 
<laughs> that's the that's yeah. The that's the, yeah. Hey man, don't do Sammy, bro. I'm still trying to get that interview with Sammy, bro. Hey, li- hey listen, 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 Sammy, no, Sammy, no. Yeah, he's not even on the field, sure. bro. Yeah, he, he wants to stay healthy this year, though, man. He know what's up. Yeah, he can do good, man. <laughs> I'm about to say he not hurt at all, so he good. He good. But, I'm still pressing for that interview. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. <laughs> so, uh, man, let's wrap it up, man. We uh, we that closer to the draft. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for subscribing. We went over 50 subscribers this this week. Uh, we're trying to get to 100. What? Hold on. Before we go. <laughs> before we go. I know y'all too. I know everybody's on vacation. I mean, specifically y'all too, man. Um, I just want to ask about how y'all vacation was, man. Like, like country. Like, how was your time off, bro? Uh, it was fun. Uh, we went to Minnesota. Went up to the Mall of America and shop till we dropped. My feet were hurting. They still hurt. All that walking, bro. Like, you ever been to Mall of America? No. Yeah, okay, man. the best mall ever, and then multiply that by like 10, 15, and that's mall. Like, <laughs> man, that mall is ridiculous, bro. Like, we probably hit about 80% of the stores. We was there like three days in a row. Yeah, it's nine hours. Like, we was in there like a work shift, bro. <laughs> it was crazy, but we went by a press studio. Um, which was cool. We had the kids with us. We had all the kids with us, so they were a mess. <laughs> but man, we had fun. I'm gonna be going to Branson in July too, so I'm looking forward to that. That's a real vacation. That that was just a shop extra. It went ain't that bad, bro. Like a six hour drive, like driving through Iowa sucks because ain't nothing through, ain't right. nothing to look at. You know what I'm saying? But it ain't that bad. Where you go, but? Yeah, we just went to Six Flags, St. Louis. Went out there, my son like roller coasters. For his birthday, we went. Bro, that's where we was gonna go for real, St. Louis. We were gonna go to St. Louis, but uh, you know, we be going to uh, Jamaica and <laughs> Cabos and Turks and Caicos. <laughs> we be going on vacation. <laughs> Anywhere they got good smoke. That's facts, though. Facts. Hey, we got some new SC flags. They got some new roller coasters out there. I've never been before, so I don't know what's new. For real, I ain't Mm -hmm. never been. Oh, really? That's your first time ever? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I've been before. It was straight. The only awesome. roller coaster I know about is the Superman roller coaster. That's no, that, that Batman roller coaster. Batman. Batman. Okay. That is that the one with your feet? Are your feet dangling? Yeah, bro. I ain't doing nothing with my feet. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I'm cool. <laughs> I've rolled a couple roller coasters in my life. I don't like it, but if my feet dangling, no, nah, I'm good, bro. I am not doing that. <laughs> Hey, but like I said, man, um, you need to get up on them subscribers, man. Please like and subscribe to your YouTube channel. Um, 
we we gonna try to get on all streaming platforms. I know it, Apple. We've been working on it. We can, we still working on it. So we got some things. Uh, we got some things coming up. And uh, what's that? What's the app? Twitter Space. Is that? Yeah, is Twitter, it? yeah, Twitter Spaces. We're definitely gonna go. We're definitely gonna run that back again for uh, the NFL draft. Hopefully, it's not glitchy because I know I was on there this morning. Um, you know, Kevin Durant was on there on his spaces and it was still kind of glitchy. So hopefully, hopefully Twitter get it right, bro. Oh, uh, Kevin Durant. But you didn't go on the Kevin Durant Twitter space? Man, I was working, man. I was working. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun. Oh, man. Um, we cannot end this episode without saying rest in peace to DMX. Yes, yes. Oh, X. To Earl Simmons, man. Bro, that hurt, bro. That's... And this this is a pop biggie type level, bro. He up there with them. So this is this a bad day for hip hop, bro. Like we lost the real one. Real yeah, legend, so let man. Me ask, let me ask the room, man. Like, what's your favorite moment from DMX or favorite track? Just favorite anything from DMX, if you can come up with it. Dang it. That whole first album is crazy. I love that whole first album. In the third album. Um, watching the Hard Knock Life Tour DVD, bro. Like, man, I got so many moments from DM DMX, bro. DMX, bro. Romeo must die. All the movies, bro. That he did. Like, DMX had a hell of a run, bro. He had a good run. I know Belly is uh one of his best. It's not the best movie in the world, but it's iconic. That's yeah, yeah. It's, it's That's a classic, man. Yeah, his parts okay. is good. Now Nas can't act, but DMX is the same, bro. Like, but man, rest in peace, DMX, bro. That's yeah. it's sad, man, for real. That's terrible. So, what you got, cunt? What you got, uh, Boogie? As far as your uh, favorite moments from DMX? Oh, uh, that what you going? Uh, how's going down? That's like one of my favorite songs ever. No, that's my summer anthem, bro. Yeah, that's the shit. That's my one shit. I, I like that. Uh, <clears throat> him singing that. Uh, that reindeer shit. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my shit. Oh yeah, every off the red nose reindeer. <laughs> yeah, man. So you make that so many moments, bro. What you got a history? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> you already did an ad lib, though. <laughs> oh man, when when he first came out, bro, it was just like, cause it was like the Puff Daddy shiny suit era, bro. And then he came out with this growling and like, what is wrong with this dude? Like, <laughs> like is he crazy? Why is he growling? And, man. Then he started making them features, bro. He did so many tracks, and by the time that debut album came out, man, fuck them, fuck them, and fell off. And he single-handedly changed it, made it grimy again, bro. Like, then Max was that dude. Then he hit us again with another album in like seven months. Just like, bro, like, ain't nobody gonna be at the top how he came out in them first two years, like three platinum albums back to back to back. Crazy features, movies, all that stuff, bro. He could have sold dog collars and all. I probably did, but like DMX, man, he he one of the greats, bro. Yeah, man. Like you know, it's crazy, man. Like um, I I, I discovered this. Like 
Do Do you guys know how he came up with the name DMX? Do you know how he came up with that rapper name? He was named Dark Man X. Yeah, his first name was something different, but uh, yeah, was it? It was Dark Man X, right? Right, but do you know where like the idea came from, though? Like how he came up with that? Ain't it like DJ equipment or something? Yep, that's exactly what it was. Like he was on a beatbox, and the and it had DMX on the beatbox, the label DMX itself. So he was like, "That's what I call myself, DMX." Yeah. Yeah, bro. I'm a hip hop head for real, man. So, but yeah, uh, but yeah love my condolences. Love supporting condolences to his family, bro. Like his whole family, his kids, and everything. He got a lot of kids. Right. <laughs> you know, love and respect to his family, man. And we have to show our love for him at least. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And like my favorite moment from uh, DMX was like just mentioning it. Uh, the Hard Knock Life tour with a uh, Jay Z, like him, him, like they had those freestyle battles, man. Like specifically one, um, Jay Z was rocking the uh, Adrian yeah. Trail <laughs> jersey. Um, but yeah, no, they was going at it, bro. That was an iconic moment. And then, like the other night, man, I seen when uh he first met Rakim in person, and like he was like a kid in the candy store, dog. Like he was like, man, I don't even smile in the pictures, dog, but I'm cheesing like a motherfucker. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> that was. Crazy. I never got to see DMX live, bro. Like that's my only. I never got to see DMX live, bro. That hurts. I got. He was coming to Kansas. Time. He he came to uh, Kansas recently, and I was there. With my, I, I wasn't able to go, or he canceled, or no, you know, I, I never no, got I to see DMX. I was there, 2019. He was there. I was at that concert. Okay, so it was my fault. Man. Yeah, it was dope. Man, I never got to see DMX, bro. But I felt like I seen him because I watched Hard Knock Life so many times, and I know that whole movie front to back. So I feel like I seen him in person before, like when he would break down and cry during the prayer on stage. Like DMX was the realest, bro. Yeah, somebody mentioned like Irv Gotti uh, was describing like the Apollo performance or whatever and everybody broke down in there whatever he said a prayer and he's talking about man i love y'all i love y'all you know and like, <laughs> it was just it was yeah, just like X, man yeah <laughs> rest in power earl simmons man rest in power bro we out man uh we appreciate y'all for listening man and keep them subscribers coming man we're gonna do something special when we hit a hundred and a hundred and two of them. And as we keep going, man, we're going we gonna to get some stuff out there for y'all. We're going to keep working for y'all, man, for live content. We appreciate y'all. Bug, take us out. Peace. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Kingdom Cash, we out of here. <laughs>